Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Well, I want to welcome Sarah Knight. Sarah, I got to tell you, you know, first of all, welcome to, welcome to, to the program, and more importantly, wow, I love your book. I love your title of your book, and I love your attitude. Just amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's great to hear. Um, I got to start off with, you know, who'd you write this book for and uh, why'd you write this book? You know, Get Your Shit Together is the name of the book. And uh, uh, Sarah, this is not her only book that she's published. She's published a few. But who'd you write this book for, Get Your Shit Together? I mean, I wrote it for everybody because, honestly, everybody needs to get their shit together in one way or another. Uh, Some people have trouble with what I call the small shit. Some people have that, you know, under control, and they have trouble with the tough shit. And some people even have that under control, and they have trouble with the deep shit. So the book uh, takes you through all three of those categories and really has something for everyone, I think. Well, where, where do you get this inspiration from? I mean, is there a particular something that happened in your life that you said, you know something, I'm just going to focus on helping people get their shit together? Well, you know, I wrote my first book, uh, which is also a profane self-help book called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. And that went over really well. And people seemed, uh, you know, they flocked to it. They found it very liberating. And the idea is, you know, how to stop spending time you don't have with people you don't like doing things you don't want to do. And the, uh, the next sort of step in what I call the mental decluttering process is taking the time, energy, and money that you have left and organizing it and deploying it as efficiently as possible to get everything you want out of life. Uh, and that is where Get Your Shit Together comes in. So it's, uh, it's a standalone book. It can totally be read without having read the first one, but it is somewhat of a, uh, of a sort of sequel or an additional step in the mental decluttering process that I started with my first book. Well, do you get a lot? Do you get a lot of shit for using the word shit or fuck? And, and some of these, I mean, do you get a lot of crap about that kind of thing, or is it people kind of feel like it's almost a breath of fresh air? You being straightforward and as blunt as you are. <clears throat> it's more of the latter, actually. I do get some hate mail. Uh, I do get some people posting one star reviews saying, "I'll never even read this book. There's no reason to have this profanity in the title." Uh, but for the most part, I would say ninety five percent of the time people are really liberated by it they you know what i'm doing is i'm saying what you've been thinking all along and because i'm saying it uh and it's in print and it's in this fun little book that you can just pick right up you know up the counter at the bookstore um it feels like oh now i have permission to say it and i think that's really what people have gravitated towards let me read a quick quote from uh, a chapter in your introduction, which, by the way, I was just at a speech in Utah, and I, I pulled this book out because I picked it up in the airport. So I just said, like, wow, i got I got to read this. And uh, it was, I mean, the book was lifting to the point where I had to read uh, two pages out of it to this group of about 80 people. But you say in this book, a couple of years ago I was so depressed that I could barely get out of bed in the morning. I dreaded the prospect of walking out the door to get on the subway because the subway took me to a place that it started to feel less like an office and more like a temple of doom. Like, I think a lot of people are feeling that. I mean, can you help finish what the thought process was there and what you did about it? Sure. So um, that's what I call an oh shit moment. And we all have them. And we all handle them in different ways. And that was a particularly big one for me. 
that happened a couple of years ago, and I was in the, the tail end of what turned out to be a 15-year career as a book editor in New York City. I had a great job. I was very successful. I had moved up the ladder very quickly. Uh, and so by all accounts, you know, it looked like I had my shit together. It looked like I, you know, I had my, bought my first apartment. I was married. I had this career. Um, and everything on the surface looked to be going really well. But I was so unhappy. I was very, very, very unhappy. And it was really a lifestyle issue. Um, you know, New York City is, it's not easy. And, you know, after 15 years of it, you can really get ground down. And some people thrive on that and other people don't. And so there were a number of issues, um, both living in New York and then also working within a corporation. I really was having a very hard time putting on a diplomatic face every day and kind of doing the, the bureaucracy dance of a major publishing company when what I really wanted to do was focus on the writing, the collaboration with the authors, you know, and being an advocate for the books. So when I found myself having those feelings that you just quoted from in the book, it was a real crossroads because I've never been a quitter. Uh, I've been the opposite of a quitter my whole life. You know, if you want something to get done, give it to Sarah. She'll do it. I've kept all the balls in the air for almost 40 years. And uh, I really had to dig deep and say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to walk away from this job and this career. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you're any less of a successful person with your shit together and in fact it helped me really get my my mental shit which is what I described in, in the deep shit portion of the book uh, you know really straightened out and then to go after what was making me happy instead of staying in uh, you know in a situation that was kind of a daily struggle we're talking with Sarah Knight who wrote a best-selling book uh, several of them get your shit together and um it's funny, we always, you know, when people, you know, our collectible business that we're in here at Steiner, we always call the stuff shit, you know, go get the shit or get the shit set up or, so we, we I, I love the word shit, but nobody has used the word shit better than you. I mean, um, I got to get to another part of that, the mental decluttering 101, which is, I look at it as like kind of getting your story kind of streamlined and straight and organized. Take me through a little bit of the mental decluttering 101, which Almost everybody probably needs to read this book for no other reason just about this. Mental decluttering 101. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So uh, so physical decluttering, tidying, which has become a, a huge, um, you know, sort of multi-million dollar business uh, ever since Marie Kondo came on the scene uh, with her best-selling book. It has two steps, right? It's uh, discarding and then organizing. So I apply the same tactic toward mental decluttering. And the first thing you have to do is discard people, things, events, obligation, guilt, shame, um, all of the things that, as I say, uh, bring you annoy. Okay, because this Japanese tidying guru, Marie Kondo, talks about holding on to the things that bring you joy. So I say you have to get rid of the things that annoy. And that's discarding. And then organizing is step two. And that's, as I said earlier in the podcast, when you take the time, energy, and money that you have left and you spend it on the people and things that make you happy. And so it's really about, you know, dispensing with, as I talk about in my first book, you know, not giving a fuck about what other people think is the first step. Um, really focusing on yourself. I also say, 
in Get Your Shit Together that I believe that selfish has become a four-letter word in our society, and I don't think it should be. I think that people need to be selfish. I think that you need to look out for number one. You need to, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before helping others, so to speak, because if you are overdrawn and overextended and overburdened, uh, then you're not going to be a nice, fun, caring, easygoing, generous person. You're going to be frazzled and angry and frustrated, and you know, you're not going to be a good person to be around. So if you can be selfish with your time, energy, and money, then you will consequently be a, you know, a kinder partner and a more energetic employee and a nicer boss. Uh, and a happier and more genial colleague and friend. I so love that. I really think that mental decluttering is about getting rid of all the shit that's making you tired and that's making you frustrated and sad and angry and not want to leave your house. <laughs> I uh, love that. I mean, that is just so on the money. Selfish is not a four-letter word. I, I love that. But I got to move right to the next thing, which is your best friend sure. and your worst enemy. Fuck overload. I mean... <laughs> Exactly. Is that uh, is that kind of side by side of what you were just talking about with declutter, decluttering one hundred and one? Yeah. So when I talk about your fucks, that those are your time, energy, and money. Mm-hmm. And so when you are giving too many fucks about too many things, you have hit fuck overload, and that usually results in being angry, sad, you know, sitting on the couch just shoving cookies in your face, and you know, hoping that the day will be over soon. <laughs> Um, So you really want to avoid getting into fuck overload by giving fewer, better fucks. And I explain how to do that in my first book by using a fuck budget. I love it. I mean, both these books are must-gets. I mean, Get Your Shit Together is a must. I mean, I've got more underlying and highlights in this book. Um, (laughs) I I love the book because I, I think that it's real. It makes sense. I want to ask you this. I mean, because... It's easy to write about something, but then it looks to me, I mean, you and your husband packed up your bags, you moved to the Dominican Republic. What motivated you to make such a huge move? I mean, and and do you recommend that people that are in an overload or not happy pick up and make the move that you always wanted to make? Is that Are you happy you made that move? And what made you make that move? Oh, I'm so happy that we did this. And, you know, it really all boils down to what's going to make you happy. And... You ask yourself simple questions. I talk about this in the book. I call it the what, why method for setting goals. And you ask yourself, what's wrong with my life? And then you ask yourself, why? And the answers to those questions are how you set your goal. So you can really boil it down to simple things like, what's wrong with my life? I'm too fucking cold all the time. Why? I live in New York. You know? And so an easy way to set a goal is, wow, I think I should be living somewhere warmer. You know, that would make me happier. And, you know, it might sound kind of facile, but it really, the whole point of my book is that big life changes and small life changes are all made in the same exact way, by breaking them down into smaller, more manageable chunks and doing a little bit every day or every week to get you toward your goal. So when we, you know, sold our home in Brooklyn and built a house in a foreign country with, you know, builders who don't speak the same language as we do, That was, of course, very overwhelming and a lot of big steps. And a lot of people can't get their shit together because they just, they look at the big picture and it's just too much. And so I say, look at the small picture, break it down. You know, today I'm going to research 
how to get loans. Tomorrow, I'm going to take an intro to Spanish class. You know, uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to do one other thing on my list. And eventually, for us, it was a little more than a year and a half time, uh, we found ourselves living in our dream house. And, you know, the goal was the goal was achieved. And I, I could not be happier. It was such a good move. Wow, that's a big move too. I mean, you know, to move out of move out of New York City and then move you know to you know, a foreign country. I mean, wow. What's the one lesson you've learned throughout your career that you'll never forget? Is there is there one thing that really had yeah, that aha moment that said, "Hmm, I got I, I'm and everything changed from there." Uh, it was actually when a colleague of mine uh, told me that I was a recovering perfectionist. And I said, you're so right. You know, it's no different than being an alcoholic or an addict, you know, somebody who has this battle that they fight every single day inside them. And it's true. I, my whole life I really was enthralled to being perfect and to getting everything perfect, and that is so often the enemy of the good. Uh, so I really had to take a step back and say, if somebody else thinks that about me, then what does that mean? And I think about it all the time when I'm trying to get something done and when I realize I'm spending too much of my time, energy, or money on it, I have to stop and say, it's good enough. You don't have to be perfect. Because so you say in your, you say in your book, just say no, you say in your book, just, just say no to being perfect. Is it that simple? What you just said, is it that I simple? I mean, it's, it is simple. What I say is, it may not be easy the first or second or third time, but it is simple. It's a very simple calculation of, is this making me happy? Or is it not? And if the answer is no, then, you know, put down whatever it is you're doing and walk away. I love your 12 steps to defeating perfectionism, you know. <laughs> Admit that unlike 1972 Dolphins, you're powerless over perfection. I mean, it's true. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, teams think that they're going to go undefeated. They drive themselves crazy. And I think probably even cost themselves maybe even winning a Super Bowl because they're so concentrated on that. I think Golden State, same thing last year in China have the best record of all time, you know, kind of sense of perfection. And it took their eye away from the focus of what they really needed to be doing, which was getting better. And you win games that way, not trying to break records. It's interesting. Um, what's next for you? I mean, you have the two books. Um, they're both, I mean, must-reads. I mean, um, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck is probably just as – I haven't gotten that book yet, but it's on my list. But Get Your Shit Together is – I'm just kind of almost done with that. Um, what's next for you? What's 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 the next big thing for you um, as you continue this journey of getting people to, you know, not give a shit or not give a fuck? Well, I've spent a lot of time promoting both of the books. Uh, I was in Canada last week doing a tour. I'm going to give a TED Talk in Miami in March. <clears throat> uh, the first book is actually a bestseller all over the world at this point, so I'm being invited by my Italian publisher, uh, my Polish publisher, my British publisher to go and do events in those countries. So I think that what's next for me is trying to enjoy my life that I've created for myself on this tropical island and take a little time off uh, from the nose to the grindstone work and really practice what I preach, which is, you know, be happy and be in the moment. Uh, but I'm also certainly going to be, you know, talking about all the books and trying to bring the, uh, bring the message to a wider audience as the year goes on. And then I think there will be a third book in the works probably by the end of the year. Now I'm on your website here. Um, Will you be doing a blog? Is there a blog here? Is there is a kind of little? Are, are you one of those people that are sending out little, tidy little nuggets of? Shit? Yes, I actually have a tiny letter. You can go to tinyletter.com backslash Sarah Knight and you can sign up there. 
And I also write a lot on medium.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Medium uh, with the username MCSnugs. That's M-C-S-N-U-G-Z. Uh, that's an inside joke that I don't explain to anybody on air. But um, I can imagine. I am very prolific on social media. So you're a character, man. I got to tell you. I mean, you, you're not disappointed. I was as soon as I as soon as I started getting into this book, I said, I got to meet this woman. I got to call her and see if I can get her on the What Else blog. And uh, you don't disappoint that I could just see you got a lot of vinegar going in those veins. And uh, it's probably yeah. a lot more. I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot more from you because I think it's I think it's important in a world where there's a lot of clutter. I mean, it just seems like everything is just so distracting. You can't really get to it. And, and that's kind of a little bit of the underlying message here is get to it. Get to get to happiness. Get to get to the important stuff. So I really appreciate. Exactly. Uh, you only have book. one life. Exactly. I love the fact that you made that move too, which is, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they got their toes off the diving board, but they don't dive. And uh, I love the fact that you took that dive. That's a big move. So congratulations on that and and on this book. Uh, parting words. Anything? Anything you want to share with with the listeners? Um, share a last word. I think they need they need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Get your shit together.